Ooh. Y'all, Fit Fam, Move Your Body Differently podcast listeners, today's episode is fire. You are not going to want to miss this. Our friend Brittany Braswell is back on the podcast today, and we are talking specifically about limiting beliefs in our lives in general, but also how that manifests, it shows up in our health and our fitness journeys, but also she gives us super practical ways to work through those. And I am excited for you to listen to this. You are going to want to take notes. I tried the best of my ability to put a whole lot of notes in the show notes below so that you have a lot of the information that she shared, but you're also going to want to take your own notes and see what strikes you and what stands out the most to you during this episode. You are going to enjoy this. You are listening to the Move Your Body Differently podcast, where we talk about how your theology of God affects your wellness journey. I'm Shayla Darty, a Jesus follower, wife, mama, and owner of SD Fitwell. I know staying healthy and fit can often feel like an obligation and can leave you feeling defeated, anxious, and maybe in an endless cycle of losing and gaining weight and wondering why in the world you just can't get it right. And that's why I'm on a mission to see generations of women take back their health and fitness from the enemy and instead honor God with their bodies by exercising and eating healthy because we get to, not because we have to. For too long as women, we've been held captive by a never reaching standard of body beauty and it is time to break free. By seeing your wellness through the lens of the gospel, you can be empowered with boldness, more confident in the gifts God has given you and increase your mental and physical capacity so you can be more present to those around you. If you're ready to feel free from the weight of your current health and fitness regimen, then keep listening. I can't wait to share with you how the gospel shapes our fitness and health journeys. Listen while you work out, drive in the car, or while your kids run around crazy, but go ahead and invite Jesus into your wellness journey and let's see how he changes our hearts together. Hey, Fit Family. Today we have Brittany Braswell back on the podcast, a registered dietitian, and we are going to get very specific with core and limiting beliefs in our health and our fitness journey. And so I am just going to go, we're going to dive right into it because I'm probably going to have a lot more questions than I have on our list. And it's going to be great. So I want to dive into it. Brittany, uh, go ahead, introduce yourself again, just in case somebody hasn't listened to your previous episode. If you have not, go ahead and listen back to the previous episode to get to know her a little bit better, what she does in her practice, how she helps women and men through disordered eating and food freedom, body image freedom, all of those things. Just kind of do a quick reintroduction and then we're going to dive right into what these core and limiting beliefs are. Yeah. Thanks, Shayla. So yeah, like you said, I'm a registered dietitian and host of the Joy-Filled Eater podcast. And it's through that podcast and my private practice where I really work with especially a lot of Christian women to help them cultivate a joy-filled relationship with food, their body, and Jesus. So instead of being anxious about feeling like, what do I eat all the time? Or what should I eat? Or what shouldn't I? Or how should I move my body? Or having concerns about, you know, looking in the mirror every day, I really work to help the clients and the students I work with, whether it's in a one-to-one capacity or group or course, really learn what does it look like? Where do you, you can find your identity outside of your body, shape, size, health habits, um, Mm -hmm. and really move into a place where you feel very equipped and confident 
and how do I take care of my body well and how do I really enjoy it so that it's not a stressor in my life. It's just something that adds to my quality of life. Yes, absolutely. So let's, like I said, we're dive in core and limiting beliefs. What are limiting beliefs to begin with? Some people who are listening may not have ever heard that term before, limiting beliefs. What are they and why does being able to name them or identify them matter? Yeah. So a limiting belief is a type of core belief. So I would define core belief as something that you believe to be 100% true 100% of the time. Okay. This does not mean your behavior has to mirror your so you mm. might say, like, I believe something, but your actions may not always reflect that. So, yeah. like, I'll give you some examples maybe here in a minute. For that. But just kind of keep that in mind. Like, a core okay. belief, something you believe to be true 100% of the time. Limiting belief kind of stems from it. So not all of our core beliefs are negative, right? Like, mm -hmm. one of my core beliefs that I have no intention of ever changing is that, you know, the Lord is three in one. We've got the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus came to earth to die on a cross to save my sins. Like I have a lot of core beliefs around my faith, right? Mm -hmm. Those are part of what ultimately drives how I find my identity and my. it leads to a lot of different actions and thoughts and behaviors. But limiting beliefs are those types of core beliefs or untrue patterns that can really make us feel, and I want to emphasize this, can really make us feel stuck or mm. feel like we cannot move forward and reach our goals or make the changes health related or otherwise that we really want yeah. to make. And so I think this matters a lot because we can't grow, we can't move forward or sustain growth. Gosh, if you start start your journey to like fitness or health, you're mm -hmm. not going to be able to sustain that unless you really know your why. And yeah. also you have to know where you're going. Right? Mm -hmm. There's the scripture that talks about where there is no vision, the people perish, right? We mm -hmm. need to know where we're going. And we don't have to know all the steps to get there, but we need to know why that matters. And you can't start making changes that are going to be intentional and sustainable unless you know, like, what are these? You can't just focus on what behaviors do I want to change, but yeah. identify what of these beliefs need to change in order to drive new behaviors. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So can you give some examples of limiting beliefs or what they might sound like outwardly or in our minds? Yeah. So a lot of the ones that I hear pretty regularly from women I work with might be like carbs are bad for me. I mm. have always been told that carbs, carbs are bad for me. They're going to make me gain weight or they're bad for my health. Right. Um, another one might be I should exercise every single day or I should go hard at exercise every single day. Or if I have energy to move, I should be doing. I have to earn rest. Right. Mm. Another one when it comes to our bodies might be well, I'm just always going to be unhappy with my body or this is as good as it gets. I'm just mm. going to have to settle or maybe even worse than this. And this may not sound like horrible to you if you're listening, but like this is just normal. Like mm. negative body mm. image is just normal. Every woman deals with it. Yeah. Now, ma'am, that does not have to be the case. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so those are a lot of negative or limiting beliefs that come up that if you believe any of those, there's so much that that's going to even prevent you from thinking or believing could be possible mm -hmm. when you're trying to develop a healthier, joy-filled relationship with yeah. your body and movement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even on the, the last episode, I mean, you can't see me because I'm talking, but when we were 
uh, because we're on this podcast, but we were talking about, I I didn't feel like I really had many body image issues until really my health and fitness journey began. But having those quote unquote normal thoughts throughout college or high school and to me, it seemed normal, like, oh, I should wear longer shorts because I have, I started getting stretch marks at the age of 12 and I was never overweight as a child, you know, but like my grandma had pointed it out once. And then from then on, it was like, well, I need to cover these up because they're not blah, blah, blah. You know, this isn't, this isn't pretty or, you know, somebody's going to look at my legs and see these stretch marks. And, but that became a limiting belief for me that stretch marks meant one, I didn't have good legs or two, that it meant something about my body image and it took away from my image, which really is in Christ, you know, but that what I felt was normal wasn't normal. And it prevented me from feeling that confidence that you want to feel or that boldness, not saying I should be wearing booty, should have been wearing booty shorts, you know, because I believe in modesty as well. But it prevented me from wearing certain things that I like bikini bottom. You know, I live close to the beach at the time. You know, I wouldn't wear bikini bottom shorts. I would only wear like board shorts, swimsuits, because that was the belief. Like I can't show this, you know. So with that, like thinking about everybody, I'm sure listening can, you know, just take a moment even pause the episode and just think about what may be some of your own limiting beliefs that you have either towards your body or towards your health and your nutrition. And just to give another example, with just with my clients, I obviously see limiting beliefs a lot. And I've had a client before who's just like, what is even the point? Can't I just be fat and happy for the rest of my life and still be spiritually fine? And I'm like, no. No, like, sure, maybe you can pursue your spiritual life for the rest of your life, but how are you going to go and do the things he's calling you to do if you're not working on your body to do it? And so just, you know, if you need to pause the episode, think about what some of your limiting beliefs are and how that could be affecting you and what you're thinking. I think, too, Brittany, maybe you would agree to this before I ask. And I, well, I'm going to ask a question and then I'm going to ask another question. <laughs> but I feel like... The ability, and maybe it's because my my husband is in student ministry, and so we see this upcoming generation, and the ability to think concretely and, um, what's the word, like with depth for a long period of time, like, like thinking yes, critically? critically. There it is, <laughs> critical thinking. There's my prego brain. I'm gonna blame the pregnant brain, but there it's really go. just you know me. But their ability to critically think is getting lower and lower. And so this thought of limiting beliefs, I have seen a lot, more so in the older generation even though, but also in this younger generation, is a lot harder for them to to think about mm-hmm. and also accept that it could be a spiritual issue as well. Like, would you agree to that? Meaning like seeing it from all sides Yes. Okay. As far as like our health and yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yes. Okay. So there are so many things where I've got an episode coming out on this at the time of this recording. It's going to be coming out like very soon. So it'll be in the forties, I think, on the Joyful Leader podcast. But we're talking about we had a I had a whole conversation with a guest on mental health and the, the faith side of like how does your faith impact that? And mm-hmm. when it comes to our 
mental and physical health and when it comes to our um, fitness or health journey, if we do not prioritize spiritual health first, then we're going to be making decisions for our mental and our physical health that are not necessarily aligned with what God has for us. They're going to be out of our own motivation, a lot of usually selfish ambition, a lot of, I'm just going to say a lot of vain goals that ultimately, you know, can lead to a lot of anxiety and a lot of discontent and a Mm -hmm. lot of like pull us away from peace with our bodies. And I think you can absolutely be at peace with your body, appreciate what it is and and its inherent goodness and value while also seeking to improve your health and fitness in the process. Like it doesn't have to be either or. Right, Um, right. And I think there's like a lot of people are (laughs) in the anti-diet culture, health at every size space would like go, why are you saying that? You should just love your body at all stages. Mm -hmm. But it's really not about loving our body. Like there's nowhere in scripture that says love your body. There are places where it says like love your neighbor as yourself, where Mm. the love is kind of just assumed, right? Like there's this appreciation that God has called us to have for ourselves and to steward and take care of our bodies. So without going off on a whole tangent, Mm -hmm. yes, I think like we've got to, there's a huge spiritual aspect. Um, And a lot of times I think it comes down to to a lack of submission to the Mm -hmm. Lord in Mm -hmm. order, like we're, we're trying to go off our own agenda instead of submitting or even asking the Lord, like seeking that wisdom. Yeah. And I think that's where I see that was kind of a long roundabout way of asking that question. But I think that's where where I see that the most is either they don't see the connection between those limiting beliefs in our health and our fitness to our spiritual lives, or they they just don't want to think about it. And they don't want to see that, hey, these beliefs come from lies that we may believe in and not always, but can come from lies that we believe in either from Satan or from culture. And, you know, I think you're going to talk a little bit about that too, but it's, it's really either they don't see the connection and they need to see the connection or they just don't want to make the connection, you know, between the two. And so how, so talking specifically physical, mental health, how can limiting beliefs really hold someone back from improving those areas of their life? Well, there are, there are so many ways. There's a specific kind of, uh, I won't say flow of thought, but I'll kind of walk you through sort of the flow chart that I use to visually demonstrate this. Um, and I'll also add, I love what you just, you just mentioned about the spiritual, like how your spiritual health impacts these other areas. And so I'll add on to that. There's also, I think, this aspect of patience that our culture doesn't Mm -hmm. that goes against right now that we might recognize hey there's something missing or there's a change that need to be needs to be made but in our culture of like reels that last seven seconds and Mm. scrolling and social media in general like we want something that's constantly capturing our attention and we want that instant hit of you know dopamine or we need the instant gratification Mm. and change spiritual growth requires patience. So I don't want to leave that piece out of it because patience is also really key when it comes to challenging your limiting beliefs. So the way that our core or limiting beliefs ultimately impact our health is Mm -hmm. if you can kind of just picture this, you know, just like a little flow chart and Mm -hmm. think about it or almost like a funnel, like we start, like everything starts and stems from your core beliefs. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to give the example of like carbs are bad for me, that's our mm-hmm. belief. Your beliefs lead to thoughts. So you may have a hundred. If your if your belief is carbs are bad for me, you may have a hundred thoughts that day that are related to that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't eat this rice, or oh, I better not choose that fruit because it has too much sugar. All these different thoughts may come from. It. Yeah. Okay. This isn't to say like any of those thoughts are specifically correct or incorrect, but the belief leads to the thoughts. Mm-hmm. From there, the thought you experience is going to lead to a feeling or emotion. And there's a distinct difference here. So emotion, like when you emote, that's like what you are expressing. So like crying, laughing, whatever, screaming, whatever, that's the emotion. And the feeling is usually like the inner internal sensation that's driving that. So oftentimes you're going to notice the emotion before you can connect a feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, during pregnancy, I will just like cry and I'm like, I have no, I, no reason why. Right. Yeah, like some, and then I'll realize something, something random made me sad or, mm-hmm. you know, something else, like maybe I'm more sensitive to it. Right now, yeah. Yeah. It will affect me later. And so we, we recognize like the thoughts come up, the emotions, recognize the feelings, then those all together tend to lead to kind of how we perceive our identity. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I should feel this. I shouldn't feel this way. Oh, thinking this way means that I am fill in the blank, right? Yeah, um, yeah. If it's still related to the carbohydrates, we might go, well, I'm bad because I ate carbohydrates today and they're bad for me. So therefore I'm bad, right? Yeah, so that's this yeah. perceived identity that I I am doing something wrong or I'm a bad person. And then that identity in conjunction with our, you know, beliefs and feelings, emotions ultimately drive our actions or behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to how limiting beliefs can hold us back from improving our mental or physical health, when it comes back to that patience, what we want is we want the instant gratification of behavior change. We want to say, oh, well, if carbs are bad for me, I'll just stop eating them and that's going to solve it, right? Yeah. But if the belief is still, hey, carbs are bad and they're affecting all these things along the way, we've really got to go back and challenge the belief. We can't yeah. just start with the behavior because it's like putting a band-aid on. It would be yeah. like me going out and sitting on my back patio and we're having coffee. And then I go, oh, Shayla, I just got stung by a wasp. Mm-hmm. And and then I'm like, well, let me just go put some, you know, topical Benadryl on it and I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. By the time I come back out, you got stung. And then I get stung again because I try to just change the behavior by like, oh, let me just cover up the pain yeah. instead of knocking down the wasp nest. Yeah. Like, that's actually it, creating all the spray. issues. Yeah. Right. So, um, so it really comes back to we've got to stop trying to get that instant like let me just use that willpower and that discipline mm, right i just uh-huh. gotta have more willpower no ma'am like okay there's a maybe a time and a place like discipline there there's something spiritual and biblical about discipline but we warp it into something that i think it's not. yeah and absolutely so when we can really dive into the hard part the part that mm-hmm. takes longer and is more uncomfortable and say what am i believing that's making me think this way, that's making me feel this way, that's making me see myself this way, that's ultimately making me behave this way. Yeah. Um, That's where you really start getting uncomfortable, but also making those sustainable lifelong changes that can have Uh a huge impact on you. Yeah. So I'm going to throw in another example real quick. When this episode airs, it'll be around the same time that an episode, an episode that I'm on your podcast will air too. And we're talking about yo-yo cycle, diet and fitness, all or nothing mentality, pressing pause. 
And I think even working through that of, of all or nothing, let's just focus on that mentality, the all or nothing mentality. The belief is, limiting belief would be, I have to go all in to be able to do this. So that's mm-hmm. the top of the funnel. So then the next part of the funnel would be, okay, how do I feel about that, right? And, or maybe you, the emotions are there first before we can name the feeling, but usually there's either excitement or because it's something new and fresh. And for women, it feels good to have something new or fresh. Mm -hmm. And so there's that either excitement or there's the thought of overwhelm. I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to try it because I'm going to dial into that willpower, that discipline. Mm -hmm. And this is the way I feel like it has to be. I have to go all in to do this. So then we have this. So we have the belief. We have the emotions and the feelings. And then what is the next part? Um, Perceived identity. Perceived identity. Okay. So then that would fall into, well, I have to go all in to be able to achieve my goals. Like that's what I hear most often from women. And I love asking the question, well, where's that got you? In a very sweet and loving way. Of course. Grace Lace. Yes, Grace Lace most often. Not Maybe not while I'm pregnant because I'm a total troll sometimes. But you know, then it becomes part of their identity of, well, I'm a go hard person. Like I need to be able to go all in. Mm -hmm. The amount of times people have told me that Mm -hmm. is if I would probably be a millionaire by now. Right. And so then it becomes part of their identity and then it becomes a part of what they do and how they act. Right. Yes. So then they're falling into this all or nothing mentality of, I have to go all in in order to achieve these goals. And now some of it is backed up by previous experience mm-hmm. of like, I've done this before, I've lost the weight, you know, but then of course they're probably gaining it back afterwards, but still it creates this pattern for them of this is the person I am. This is how it makes me feel. It's just, I am who I am. This is how I act. You know, this is how God made me. It's like, yeah, is it how God made me? You know, and and where we have to get to what you're saying is we have to get to that the point of asking why, why do we believe this? And so that leads into this next question of can you walk us through how listeners I mean, I just gave another example, but how listeners can recognize their own limiting beliefs, because like we were saying earlier, either they it's disconnected somehow or they just don't want to put in the heart work. To really get there. And I find that more than the disconnection Mm -hmm. is they just, like you said, impatience and not wanting to have that patience in the process and realizing it's it's a much bigger deal than culture really tells us. And we have to be able to name it. But how can can our listeners recognize it and be able to name the beliefs that they may have or the limiting beliefs that they may have about their health or their fitness journey. Well, this is where I like to nerd out because it gets so um, strategic and Bring practical. It. Okay. So we we do have to start back with like practically, if you're ready to like get going on this, figure out how do I, how do I, I have this behavior I want to change. Where do I start? Go backwards in that kind of little flow chart. Start mm-hmm. with making a list of your core beliefs. Right. Mm. And this is probably something that you're going to add to over time or change. This is one of the first assignments I give my clients. And if if you guys want this, Shayla, I'm happy to like just send you the little sheet that I give my own clients for this. But like Mm -hmm. you write it out and then decide is like 
is there a way that I see this belief impacting the way I treat myself or my body? Mm-hmm. I guarantee there's more of them that are impacting it than you realize. Because when I yeah. go through this with yeah. my clients, we'll go through something and I'm like, but really, we'll start talking through it. They're like, oh my goodness. Like, yes, yeah. that does, I, I, that affects how I treat myself. Like, mm-hmm. I don't do this or I choose to do this instead. And then the second sort of part of that second question to ask yourself is, is this a belief that I want to change or that mm-hmm. I am committed to working on changing? And so from there, you want to then filter those core beliefs. Um, you want to identify like which one of those are limiting or holding yeah. you. And it's usually going to be the ones that are negatively impacting the way you think about or treat yourself or your body. Mm-hmm. There are four, what I would consider kind of umbrella categories of limiting beliefs that I see really showing up. That if you can get strategic and identify what categories does it fall into, that mm-hmm. I'm about to give you the strategy to overcome. Okay. So there we go. Let's go. There least, we go. At least one strategy with each. There are mm-hmm. more. We go into this way more in depth inside the Joyful Eater course. So I know we don't have mm-hmm. time to go through all of it today, but I want to give you something tangible. So okay. the four categories are worthiness related beliefs, mm. beliefs around your capabilities, mm. beliefs around control, yeah, and beliefs around possibilities. Mm. So do you want to just kind of dive into each one of these a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bring it. So let's start with worthiness because there's a lot more beliefs that come back to this than what you probably realize. So um, just to kind of give you an example, when you're like, Brittany, what does a worthiness-related belief even sound like? Worthiness beliefs show up as comparison, Mm. okay? So like if you're thinking, if you're constantly thinking about or comparing your body size to someone else's, um, it could be how much lifting capacity you have compared to someone else, how long you can go for a run or what distance what's on your plate versus somebody else's all these comparison type beliefs yeah all are going to come back to the root issue i'll get to in a second if you lack boundaries or you have a really hard time either setting or maintaining them Mm. so if you find yourself like i just don't know how to say no i'll give a plug here i've got an episode on people pleasing that's going to be coming out really soon that if you lack boundaries this could be a really helpful one constantly striving or trying to prove yourself Mm. that's that's a big one, especially like if if you are if you're listening to move your body differently and you struggle with trying to prove yourself when it comes to exercise, that mm-hmm. can show up in a lot of different ways. And kind of a random one that most people don't think of would be distraction. If you mm-hmm. allow yourself to get easily distracted. Now, I'm not talking about like I have ADD or ADHD. Yeah, yes, there yeah. are other components that can play into that. Not consuming enough carbohydrate can play into distraction. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So or but, red dyes if you're consuming too much of that. So, so with distraction, though, that's another thing that can actually show up in worthiness because the root issue of these types of belief is misplaced identity. Mm. And so if you are finding your identity anywhere other than the Lord, okay, yeah. I'm, it's a bold statement, all right? Your identity doesn't, our, our, our perceived identity can come from a million and one places. Yeah. Um, that's why we talked about that kind of in that, that flow or that funnel, but you're actual identity if it's misplaced if your identity is in anything or anyone that is un like that is that can change yeah i can't think of anything that doesn't change besides jesus yeah okay no scripture so, <laughs> scripture yes which yeah. is the the word of god which yep. jesus is the word right jesus. so he is john 1 1 <laughs> so so again this is why I, I have to go into this more of it in a in a deep dive kind of capacity yeah. but when we don't know what our identity is then it's going to be constantly shifting and changing if it's not 
solid, if it doesn't have that solid foundation. So mm-hmm. when it comes to comparison, we don't really know who we are, then one of two things is going to happen when we compare. We're either going to experience pride or mm-hmm. usually some level of guilt or shame. Pride being like, well, I I did run more laps than that other person or I went longer and we kind of puff mm-hmm. ourselves up. Right, That doesn't yep. bring us closer to the Lord or people. Um, mm-hmm. Or this level of like guilt, shame, almost this like false, not false humility. That's not exactly the right phrase, but like, yeah, I should have done better. And we put ourselves to, and mm-hmm. your, uh, your worth is not dependent on anybody else. So mm-hmm. when you're finding yourself, if you use adjectives that end in ER or EST, yeah. that's uh-huh. a good little red flag that you're comparing, right? Because in order to be mm-hmm. better, then mm-hmm. you have to have something that you are better than or a person yeah. you're doing better than, right? Mm-hmm. So just something to think about. So a tip for when you are really wanting to challenge these root issues around identity and worthiness-related beliefs, this is going to sound a little bit high-level ambiguous, but again, for today, this is as yep. deep as we have yep. time to go, mm-hmm. is to really dive into your purpose, to seeking mm-hmm. purpose and mm-hmm. figuring out we all have a common purpose in Christ, and that is to get to know the Lord, to grow closer to him and to share him with others. But yeah. there's also individual pieces of that, that like mm-hmm. he has given us all individual purposes and callings and things that he wants us to carry out. So when mm-hmm. we dive into that, that is going to automatically lead us back closer to the Lord because apart from him, we can do nothing. Right. And right. so we have to establish our identity and know that our worth is founded in Christ and in nobody else or in mm-hmm. nothing else. So that's kind of the quick and dirty version of worthiness and where yes. where those limiting beliefs might fall. So is there mm-hmm. any questions you have or anything else you want to dive into there before we move on to capabilities? No. I, and just as for listeners, so I have a, when I went through my Holy Health Habits series, one of the very first episodes, I'll link it in the show notes, is about your identity and focusing on exactly what you're saying, talking about. So if anybody needs a little bit deeper dive on that, I do have a a whole podcast episode on that with several questions to work through, very practical on what that looks like, which I'm sure is very similar to what you do with your clients as well. So good. Identity work is such a huge, huge piece of things, right? Yes. Well, and really, if, if you're needing more, I will say this, if you're needing more, reach out to a coach or join Brittany's, you know, her course, the Joyful Eater course. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Join her course because she is going to go more in depth with these areas and have the group coaching calls to where you can talk about these or have questions if you have questions, because it really is a lot of mindset work. And because like we talked about that critical thinking, this is a new concept for a lot of us in, in a lot of ways. And really trying to critically think about these can be really overwhelming and tiresome if you don't you don't know what to do next with them. And yeah. so definitely join her course. That will be linked when her next co- cohort, uh, which is in 2024, opens up. Start saving for it now. It's not that expensive anyways. <laughs> but, you know, go ahead and check it out. Get on the wait list. And she's going to work through all of these with you during yes. that. And it is. It is one of the greatest joys that I have. It's so fun. And we do a whole, like one of our four pillars is really deep diving into this area of identity in so many different mm-hmm. places. So um, the next category, umbrella category of limiting beliefs is has to do with capabilities. Mm-hmm. So capabilities meaning like, what do you believe you're capable of? Okay. Yeah. This is going to show up in thoughts that are related to lack of confidence. Okay. Mm-hmm. So either feeling like I don't like knowledge wise. I don't know. I don't have confidence in 
what I do know or my my knowledge education yeah. for it might show up, especially if you're listening here to this podcast and your physical abilities or what your body is capable of. This can also show up sort of similarly with worthiness with trying to prove yourself. It can show up as overstriving. Um, and with this comes imposter syndrome a lot of yeah. times. So mm-hmm. if you are not familiar with imposter syndrome, this is essentially this like fear of being found out, right? Mm. Or like I don't have what it takes, but I don't want anybody to know it. Or I don't believe I have what it takes. So this can show up in a million different ways. It can show up when you are in the gym and like this is this is my first time using this piece of equipment. I hope nobody can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Or I don't really know if I'm doing this form correctly or I don't have the endurance that I want. So I'm just going to push myself to the brink so nobody thinks that, you know, I'm not prepared for this. Yeah. Which can be really dangerous. Right. So, yes, those are a few different ways capability type thoughts can show up. But the root issue here, and I love Shayla, we've talked about this a little bit. I know you go over this at least to some degree. The root issue here oftentimes comes back to are you operating out of a fixed mindset or a growth mindset? Mm, yes. And so that fixed mindset being like the belief that my abilities are fixed traits and I only have a certain amount of each one. Like they're mm-hmm. unchanged. I was born yeah. this way. I'm just, this is just my nature. I'll, it'll always be like this, right? Yeah. And I'm quick, a quick plug yeah. right there. One of the things, I really only talk about that with my one-on-one clients, but one of the things in in that series when I talk about that is personality tests. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, I think even I mentioned I've mentioned on my podcast before I'm an Enneagram five, but like like I can't live by the Enneagram, you know, right. but we can so easily. And I've had a clients say this to me before. Well, my any I'm an Enneagram X and this is part of who I am and part of my struggles. And I'm like, yes. you are not defined by that personality test. Amen. And if you are defining yourself by this personality test, then where is your, going back to the first one, where is your identity? Mm-hmm. And then where is like, what's what's missing here? And that is that fixed mindset. And just so just quick tidbit right there on personality yes. tests. They are not the end all be all. And they have to have their proper place, just like everything else that can be very helpful in understanding things. But it is only a tool. It is not a guideline for life. It is a tool. It is not your no. personality Bible. Right. <laughs> like, right. Which is the yes. actual Bible. So, so with fixed mindset, and I'm going to add to this in a second because that was really good. You've got a, a gross mindset is kind of the opposite of that. And so that's when you you know and believe that your gifts and abilities can be further developed. So that might be with some time, with some good teaching and education, with some effort and persistence. And some of that, when you are recognizing like, hey, I when you, when you notice like I have those default thoughts to this is just the way I am. This is my personality. I'm type A or I'm just an anxious person. Mm-hmm. Um, no, ma'am. Okay. I had just had a conversation earlier this morning for an episode on the podcast where the conversation was all around seeing our character traits and our uniqueness as liabilities or assets. And so mm. being able to go, okay, well, I see myself as an anxious person. How is that holding me back, right? As one yeah. of these limiting beliefs. What is that keeping me from being capable of when it mm-hmm. comes to my fitness or my health or food freedom or body image? And being able to go, but how can I change the language and use like Instead of calling it anxiety, going, mm-hmm. what what else? What does this make possible for me? Yeah. Right? What? How can I use this trait as something that is an asset that can push me forward, right? So like mm-hmm. one of the examples we gave was like, 
and I'll give this one because this applies to me. I tend to be fairly stubborn mm. um, and blunt sometimes. Like when I when I get really convicted, that may be the better word. Mm. When I have a lot of conviction about something, that's yeah. the asset side of things, right? So like mm-hmm. being stubborn can sometimes be a liability if yeah. I don't think or if I'm not willing to listen or hear somebody out. But uh-huh. it can also be something that drives me forward when yeah. I'm really convicted about something that can motivate me and push me to share something that might be uncomfortable with somebody who I know needs to hear it. Yeah. So that's, you know, we're getting into, you got to go back and forth and see, am I stuck in a fixed mindset with this or a growth Mm -hmm. mindset? And how do I, how do I move into that growth mindset to know that again, through Christ, all things are possible, that there are Mm -hmm. more things you're capable of than you're giving yourself credit for. Yeah. Kind of a tip really practically for challenging that is Mm -hmm. start noticing, like looking for an do this at the beginning of the day so that uh-huh. you, when you get to the end of the day, you don't go, well, what went well today? Look yeah. throughout your day mm-hmm. and um, notice the wins that you have along the way instead of yeah. fixating on the final results. So like if you are working on endurance and uh-huh. you can jog for six minutes now and you're like, uh-huh. well, my goal is to jog for 30 or I want to be yeah. able to run a 5K without stopping. Recognize that like, okay, when you started, you were running for 30 seconds before you were mm-hmm. huffing and puffing. And now you're running for a minute and a half. Yep. Right? No, yep. it's not 30. You're not where you want to go yet, but uh-huh. you are progressing. That's a win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I keep confetti on my desk for these <laughs> kind of moments. <laughs> I love it. My kids love it. And then I have uh-huh. to blow it off of my computer and my uh-huh. floor. But have those, look for those confetti moments throughout the way. Celebrate the little wins. If it's body uh-huh. image, then if you're thinking, if you're like, Brittany, I think about my body or how I want it to change. Yeah. 10 of my 12 waking hours. Yeah. Okay? Well, when it gets down to nine hours or seven yep. and a half. Yeah. And you're yes. like, but I'm still thinking about my body. Yes. Okay, but it's less than it was. That's yeah. growth. That you have just proved to yourself that you are not static. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That Absolutely. you have capability. So mm-hmm. that is, that's kind of the s- sort of quicker version. We went a little more in depth on that one, but of capabilities. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, just even for if there are any moms listening or soon to be moms too, even like to help even you notice it, like noticing it in your kids too, like you were talking about with fixed mindset or gross mindset, or is it an asset or a liability? Like that's something my husband and I sat down and did with our almost four-year-old. By the time this comes out, he'll probably be four. But uh, we went through and just began talking about his personality and his God-given personality and the good qualities and traits he has, but like what they are and then how he's misusing them right now because he doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And how, he, how he's like misappropriating them into these different attitudes or actions that need to be addressed. But sometimes it's a lot easier to spot it in somebody else, right? We don't right. really want to do the internal work. Yeah. And so even if that, you know, just as a something a project, not a pro- I don't know if I want to call that a project, but just thinking about it in terms of that, like what are some of your child's really great qualities? Like my daughter is a peacekeeper. She's only two and we can tell this from her and we can tell, and that's a lot of my husband and her and, but she misuses that when she gets disciplined because she will try to do whatever it takes to make you smile or look cute or keep the peace in the middle of us disciplining her and giving her consequences. And it can be really frustrating. But when we think about, okay, hey, you know, sweet girl, this is it. It's nice that you want 
us to be happy and we are happy. You aren't, you know, nothing is changing with that, but what you did was wrong. You know, like just thinking and even thinking through a fixed mindset, growth mindset, capability wise, you know, where to, if you need to see that from another perspective in order to see that from your own life, um, that's just a, a small example of that. Yeah. We can, when we can practice calling those things out in the people around us, whether you have kids or whether it's friends, maybe it's somebody in a small group, that helps you start looking for those things and other people are recognizing them. And if mm-hmm. you need help with that yourself, like bring along a coach or get involved yeah. in a, a godly community, a small group of other people and mm-hmm. say like, hey, I'm having a really hard time. Like I'm not looking for a bunch of compliments, but I am looking for somebody to help call out like what are those areas of my life that I'm criticizing right now? Or yeah. maybe that's holding me back even in my spiritual wall that can flip it around and see how I can use it in a different way. So yeah. Love that example. Yeah. Sometimes we need those other people to start with them and then yes, to help right. to help see it in us better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So our last two, I know we're kind of running out a little bit of time, but th- those last two beliefs or yes. umbrellas. Umbrella categories. Yeah. So the third one is control. This could, again, probably be a whole other conversation, but control oh, shows yeah. up in a lot of areas. Procrastination is a big one. Mm. So when it comes to movement, that might be like putting off a workout or putting off drinking your water. It can show up as perfectionism, yeah. right? When we want to have control around everything. So when you can't do a lift perfectly or you're doing a certain mm. stretch and you're like, can't reach all the way, it can also really create a lot of trouble with connecting with others and empathizing. Because yeah. if you have difficulty empathizing, it often comes back to this aspect of control because you it feels very vulnerable to connect with someone when you can't control how they're going to respond to you. Mm. And from a, a business or even a family life standpoint, this can often show up as an unwillingness to delegate. Yeah. So asking for oh. help, um, looking for a coach, looking for a trainer, looking for somebody to say, like, I need to delegate some of the this particular task where I need to ask for help in getting through something that, you know, I've been trying to do on my own. Yeah. Um, and it often comes back to this root issue of this illusion or lie that we're believing that we can or should be in control. Mm. So there are things that, yes, you can absolutely be in control of, but is it really benefiting you? And is it something that the Lord is actually calling you to say, like, you need to have your hands in this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because oftentimes there's a lot of things that we can control. There are some, there are a ton of things that we can't. Mm-hmm. Um, people around us being one of them. But just because we can control something doesn't mean we always should. And so Mm. when it comes to really challenging this concept or these beliefs around control, we really want to, I like acronyms. So you really want to come back to your ABCs here. This is really easy for control. It's action brings clarity. Mm. And this is especially, Mm -hmm. especially helpful if you are struggling with perfectionism or procrastination or something, yeah. they go hand in hand a lot. Yeah, they do. Because if yep. you want to be perfect, you're going to push it off until yep. you think it can be done exactly Absolutely. right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to take the messy action without knowing what the result is going to be. You've got to, if you don't know what's going to happen when you do something, the only way to find out is to do it. Mm-hmm. It's the same with like when you're, if your kid is afraid of the dark, they're not going to know what it feels like to get through to the next morning unless they sleep with the light off. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't know what your body is going to feel like when you try a new machine or do a new exercise or eat a new food until you've actually had it and you can experience what it's like. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be the most positive experience every time, 
but you're going to have a whole lot more wins than you yeah. are going to think are possible because mm-hmm. you can't wait to know the answer or to wait for that clarity mm-hmm. until you really start taking action. Yeah, I love that. And just a quick example, personal example, we call that my troll. We know my husband and my family know I struggle with it, with this, these beliefs. <laughs> it's my control troll. And just even fitness, that's one reason why I loved fitness so much was because especially CrossFit when I was doing CrossFit and, you know, I still do some of the lifts, but because you had to push yourself, you had to push yourself to the point of failure sometimes. And I remember the first time I was in seminary, I was trying to do either back squats, front squats. I think it was front squats, trying to go heavier. And I got down into the squat. I could not get back up. And I like, there was a, there were bars there where I, you know, threw the bar onto the sidebars and I just kind of like leaned back. And I remember my partner was with me and uh, my workout partner. And I just started laughing because it was like the first time in my life where I just let go and I didn't feel fear of failure or fear of not having control over that. And it pushed me through that control and letting go and just figuring out, you know, letting it be messy, like you said. And then, you know, from there, letting that open up into, and that's where fitness and nutrition can really be such a groundwork for spiritual health because being able to let go in those small areas really can allow you to let go spiritually in some areas that we need to, like you were talking about. And so that fourth, what is our fourth umbrella? Yeah. Well, you just sort of unknowingly just gave us the perfect segue because our fourth one is possibilities. And one one of the first ways I see that showing up is fear of failure. Right mm. With that idea of like, well, what if this doesn't work for me? What if I can't do this? Shows up as self-doubt that kind of falls under that umbrella and a lot of lack of persistence. Because if mm. you believe that something is not possible, you're going to give up on it. You're going to yeah. stop trying yeah. to say, what's like, it's not even worth it. So you might be giving up on a particular type of exercise or a yeah. fitness routine because you don't see those, again, coming back to patients. You don't see those immediate changes or feel Mm -hmm. that instant gratification. And so the root issue here really comes back to a lack of faith and hope. Mm -hmm. This can get really messy when these beliefs are wrapped up in your relationship with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, this is not possible for me. Like you haven't made me this way. It's not going to happen. When you you don't have faith that something Mm -hmm. is going to be possible or when you don't have the hope that You don't have to know all the steps to get there. Yeah. But we need that belief that like the Lord can make a way for this. If he's calling me to it, he's going to help me like through the process. And Mm so to challenge that super simple strategy, when you notice those negative limiting belief thoughts come up, instead of Mm -hmm. sitting with the negative statement, just turn it into an open-ended question. Mm. Okay. So instead of, I am never going to feel confident in my body, right? That is just not possible. Going What is one thing that I can intentionally do today to honor my body or to Mm. honor my health? Yeah. Right? So just taking that negative statement, flipping it into a question, it doesn't mean you have to have the answer for it immediately either. Yeah. But it gives you that something to ponder because questions leave room for hope. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a really simple way to really start challenging those possibility-related So I'm going to ask one final question, but thank you so much already. This has been so informative. And again, you could do an episode on each one of those, right? 
Uh, and you have a whole course, literally, you know, that's part of your course is diving through those. But for someone who's who's been listening, maybe they've been able to identify that they're struggling in one of these beliefs. What is one simple next step you would encourage them to take after listening to today's episode? I would just say, go back to that very first part of that, you know, flowchart process and write down mm. your core beliefs. Yeah. Start off with just like, and give yourself some some silence, some space to think, because chances are some of the first thoughts you come up with are going to be just that. It's going to be a thought. It might not be the root. So you may have to ask yourself, like, when you write something down, like, where does this come from? And see, is there a deeper belief underneath? Yeah. Just jot those out. If y'all want that, I will, I will link it up. I'll just create like a prettybrazzlerd.com slash Shayla or something. Mm -hmm. Perfect. We'll put it in the show notes. And y'all can go, I'll just put that there as a reference if you want the sheet as, as a, with a little Mm -hmm. reminder. Um, But just start with jotting those beliefs down and don't assume you're done with it. Like Mm. I spent five minutes on it. I did it. Notice like as you go throughout your day, as you go throughout your weeks, you may notice, hey, I have this reoccurring thought come up or these all all these thoughts that come back to really this one belief to your list and it gives you something more tangible to go back and look at to focus on and you Mm -hmm. can later move into the place where you identify what category does it fall into and how do i challenge it but just start Mm -hmm. simple and write them down because if you don't write them down that give it a step you're not starting from the beginning so start there yeah yeah awareness is always the key to uh being able to work through anything Yes, absolutely. But taking the space to do it, I think, is often where people just don't want to take the space to do it. Yes. And it's so highly important. Like you said, it don't skip a step. Uh, well, thank you so much, Brittany, for being on this episode today. Just real quick, let them know again how they can connect with you. What's your favorite way for them to connect with you? And if they're like, OMG, I need Brittany in my life, where can uh, they go find you and work with you? Yeah, you can always hear from me more on the Joy-Filled Eater podcast. Our episodes usually air on Tuesdays. Sometimes we have fun little bonus episodes outside of that. Um, I'm on Instagram at Brittany Braswell RD. And if you want to connect with me like every single week and you want some of these strategies, you can hop on our uh, podcast insider list at brittanbraswellrd.com slash VIP. Um, that's where I tend to send some of these extra like bonus resources like this just to give you a little boost during the week and something practical to work on. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brittany. I appreciate your time and y'all go follow her, go find her, go work with her, join her next cohort in 2024 and just see what it's about. Join the the wait list for that. And we have loved having you on the podcast today. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you so much, Shayla. Hey, Fit Fam! It's a blessing to be in this journey with you. The best thing you can do after listening to this podcast is to leave a written review so that other mamas can see the value in their health and fitness journey through the lens of the gospel. Be sure to tap subscribe so you get notified when a new episode airs. I am the most personal, personal trainer out there. My clients, app subscribers, and podcast listeners really do become my good friends. So if we haven't already, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at sdfitwell. Shoot me a DM and let's start a conversation. I truly want to see the Lord work in your wellness journey and be in it with you. I'm so grateful you've listened. Let's get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I can't wait to chat with you in the next episode.